This is People Like Us, a show about Alt-MBA alumni. Here's Jen Booter from Alt-MBA 24. Jen, thank you for taking the time to talk today. Absolutely. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, and I'm I'm kind of excited to to see this process. To be honest, uh, I come from a, a really varied background. I initially, when I was growing up, I was very involved in creative arts, specifically in performing arts and theater and voice work. So I um, I grew up in that world, acting and. Uh, learning about how people feel things and how to portray that to other people. And um, as I grew up, I went into train professionally in theater. I went to university, studied theater, specifically performance and directing as well. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the different disciplines within theater, from acting to stage managing to props, costumes, and sound design, lighting design as well. So there's a lot of different creative venues there and uh, different creative avenues that I've spent a lot of time with. Once I left university, I went directly into teaching for theater. I was teaching kids um, and uh, teens as well, which was probably my favorite part. I was teaching uh, teenagers, uh, you know, how to how to produce a play from scratch. So I, it was part of this uh, theater company that was supported by a theater school. And they had to do all of the different elements of producing a show. I would direct the show and teach them as they went along how to do the different elements of producing a show so they would put it all together themselves, which was really rewarding when you see them up on stage at the end of things. Um, throughout all of that, uh, I think um, I was, and this is maybe a thread that we'll pick up on a bit later, foreshadowing, uh, is that throughout my life, I've, I've really focused on what's made me happy in life. Uh, I've really pursued the things that uh, make me excited and passionate about things. And theater was one of those things for me. And performance is one of those things for me. And so I've really pursued that and being able to pass that on to kids and teenagers was incredibly rewarding for me. And I spent some time in other areas of performance as well. Like I was, um, I was a casting director for TV movies for a short period of time. Uh, they're all very bad movies. Uh, and so so uh, if you want to look it up or just reach out to me and ask me, and I'll tell you which ones to look up. They're all on YouTube. They're horrible. Um, but it was a great experience in... Uh, being able to be resourceful and source people and um, meet really tight deadlines. Uh, I also did some voice work as well. Uh, I was the voice of Bombardier Snowmobiles in 2001. I did the voice work for their CD-ROM, their promotional CD-ROM for snowmobiles, uh, which nobody will be able to find at this point in time because it's a CD-ROM and it's 2001 and nobody wants to hear it. So that doesn't exist anymore, but it happened. I, were, I was there. Uh, and so really that's kind of like the first creative part of my life. Um, since then I've moved into, uh, I moved into recruiting. I moved into some HR work and I've moved into some people management and people operations work. Um, to keep up the creative side of things though, I've really leaned on a couple of crafty moments, I guess we'll call them. I, I'm a quilter. So I, uh, I quilt uh, blankets of all sizes, I guess. And I, I sew clothing. Uh, I 
do paper craft and uh, stitching embroidery and all that as well. So I, I keep my creative side fed in that sense, which uh, it that also it's, it feeds the creative side, but it also really brings me back to a very focused and Zen kind of moment. Um, shockingly to some people, I'm an introvert. So I really do need that quiet time for myself and doing quilting and embroidery work and crafting really kind of gets me into that space where I recoup my energy from all of the things that I do in my day that require me to talk to people and to be engaged with people. I saw like on your, your blog or one of the like <laughs> via the Wayback machine since yes. I don't think it's, yeah. it's still active that you made your own shoes for, for your wedding. Can you talk about that project? Of course. Um, so I, I got engaged in November, 2016 and we had six months until the wedding. And so as any bride or bride-to-be would do, I was furiously planning the wedding and wanting everything to be just so. And during the time that I was shoe shopping, we were engaged in November, getting married in April. And so I wanted April seasonal shoes. And I couldn't find anything that I liked that went with my dress that really spoke to me. And so I, I found a pair of shoes that had the, the style that I liked and the, um, just the shape that I liked, but I didn't like the, the, the outsides of them. They were too plain. And I had a bunch of finished embroidery in a box that I didn't, I wasn't doing anything with. And so I, um, I used that and I cut out pieces of it and I attached the embroidery to the shoes and, secured it on there so it wouldn't fall off. And so on my wedding day, I was wearing what looked like embroidered shoes. Um, and it was it was a flower pattern. They, they were, I really love them. They're my favorite pair of shoes. I haven't worn them since because they're wedding shoes or they're my wedding shoes, but I really should find a time to wear them outside of that. They're very comfortable as well. I found them to be super comfortable. Um, but they, they were a project that I felt really proud of because I didn't know if it was going to work from the beginning because I was essentially gluing fabric onto shoes. And I didn't know if they'd be comfortable. I didn't know if it would work. I didn't know if it would fall apart. If it rained on my wedding day, would they melt? And <laughs> would it just be a complete disaster? But um, but I tried it and I tested out some things. I put them underwater for a little bit just to see what would happen. And in the end, they were the most comfortable shoes. And I, I can't imagine wearing any other shoes that day. That's amazing. Uh... Another fun fact that I have it upon, and and so feel free to correct me if I'm I'm wrong. You do roller derby as well, or ah. you did roller derby at some point? <laughs> yes, for five and a half years, approximately, I was a competitive roller derby player. Uh, so I played on a competitive travel team and traveled around uh, Canada in my spare time. It wasn't a full time job, uh, but it was. Uh, I traveled around with a competitive roller derby team playing full contact roller derby, which I mean, there's movies about roller derby and then they're, and then they're sensationalized to some degree. There's no punching. There's no actual violence. It's all very controlled hitting like professional sports, like professional sports have. There are penalties in case you, you know, do it wrong or if you go too far. But uh, yeah, that, that was, um, that was, that was a fun five and a half years. I, I did stop. I was injured about uh, a year before I stopped playing and I uh, injured my knee and 
I recuperated so that I could play again. But as I was playing, I noticed that I wasn't as strong on that knee anymore. And all the physiotherapy uh, that I was doing wasn't helping to get me back on my feet. So I decided to bow out. And I was an announcer for roller derby for a short period of time before stopping completely. But yeah, it's a very fun sport. If you haven't seen a game, I recommend looking it up to see if there's uh, a league in your town. They're all across the United States, Canada, and Europe as well. So I would absolutely recommend uh, just getting on Google, checking to see if you have a local roller derby team because it's a fun, fast-paced, really uh, strong game. You see a lot of very strong men and women who play because men also play. And um, people of all kinds play. They're very accepting in terms of the, the inclusion and diversity side of things with roller derby. It's a very inclusive sport. Uh, and it's it's really intense to watch, but very fun. So you have this like creative side to your life and you were even a drama teacher for a part of your life. And then and you have roller derby. And at some point you, you make the transition to recruitment and HR. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about what prompted that transition. Absolutely. Uh, I have always been interested in what I'll call the study of people. Uh, I, I generally like people. And I mean, there are always some exceptions, like you can't love everyone or like everyone. But I'm, I've always been very interested in the study of people, what makes people tick and what makes them make the choices that they make and what makes them say the things that they say and how they interact with each other. And so for me, that was something that came up naturally within the acting and performing world, because as a performer, you need to understand the motivation of the people that you're portraying and how they interact with each other. And you have to really listen to the characters around you and understand how you would react naturally as a human being. So going into HR was almost a natural fit for someone who'd been performing and uh, in that space, because I am truly interested in how people make decisions and how people approach life and what drives people to do what they do. So going into recruitment was my first step into uh, into HR. And for me, recruitment was learning about people to the point where I could accurately say, you're going to be good at this or you have the potential to do this. And that's that's a really great feeling. Moving into what I do now, which is more... Uh, strategic human resources management. It it's partially uh, employee counseling or employee um, development to some degree. There's an element of employee relations. There's an element of uh, strategic uh, human resources, which really looks at org design and are the right people in the right place, and how can I work with the manager to best uh, support the team that they have. So that's what I spend a lot of my time doing now. And again, that really ties into how do people work? What's going on with that person that they would make that decision? Uh, How are they approaching this problem? And how can we teach them a new way of doing it so they're more efficient or better or better equipped? So it's about kind of solving the people problems or solving the people puzzles that really interests me a lot. And I find that naturally, my entire life, I've been very high on the empathy scale uh, and like not in a Star Trek way, but I, I'm very empathic <laughs> with people and 
I, I'm very attuned to how people are feeling. And that I think has served me well as someone who's in HR, who uh, I'm there at the best of times when they're doing very well, they're getting promoted, but I'm also there at the worst of times when potentially someone's losing their job. Um, and I try to approach it from the most human way possible. It's not always what you get from HR. And I've been in, in bad situations with HR where I've, I've been on the receiving end of bad news and it doesn't always feel good. And so I've always tried to approach HR from the sense of, I'm a human. I know how that feels. I want to make sure that they're leaving feeling like a human being and not like a number or a resource. Um, I want them to um, feel like they've been respected and treated like a human being. So it's that's what I've brought to HR from all of the other experiences that I've had in my life, I guess. Yeah. And you mentioned with roller derby that what people typically think of when they think of roller derby isn't necessarily what roller derby actually is. Yes. So with HR, is there something that people typically perceive about HR, but in reality, it's actually, it's very different? I love how you've made this connection. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there. Just with roller derby, people often think it's very aggressive and it is, it has a sense of aggression to it, but it's also very strategic and um and supportive and it's it's fast paced in that sense but people always initially think like my mom thought when i joined roller derby she's like we paid for braces and you're gonna knock a tooth out and you're joining this aggressive sport but as i've never fallen on my face i've never knocked out my teeth you wear a mouth guard you put in the protection that you need to make sure you don't hurt yourself and so comparing that to hr is really interesting because the first perception of some people, and not everybody, but a lot of people see HR as, uh, and I'm sure in some companies it is this way, but it's not how I've approached it. And it's not how I've, uh, and I've always been with companies where this this has been the philosophy behind it. But I've always worked in a, a group of HR where it's not just serving the company, which is the typical assumption about HR. It's... Um, I work in HR in the sense that I, I'm there to represent the company. I'm there to serve the company, but I'm also there to serve the people. Uh, I'm there to make sure that the people are successful. I'm there to really work with the talented people we've brought on to make sure they're the most successful and that they have the best experience possible while they're with the company. And not, I mean, at some point in time, everybody's going to leave the company that they're with, whether they choose to leave or they don't choose to leave, or if a company closes. But it's really about the experience the whole way through that is going to make the difference in their life. It's going to uh, make them look back on their time and say, I had a fantastic time. Maybe it didn't end well, but I learned a lot while I was there. Where does Alt-MBA come into the picture? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you found my blog that I don't link very often anymore because it's an old blog that it uh, isn't active anymore. Um but I went through a period of my life where I was very unhappy, which, and you can see me, I'm a very like smiley person. Anyone who's met me knows I'm, I'm, I'm often smiling, uh, but I was very unhappy for a, about an eight, eight year period of my life. I was, I wasn't doing work that was fulfilling me. I was in a relationship that I was not uh, fulfilled by as well. Just everything in that time period was, I was stuck and I didn't know how to get out of it. And I was also in a period of my life where I wasn't taking risks. And so 
for most of my life, I've tried to approach it from the pursuit of happiness. But no matter what I did in that period of my life, I wasn't coming out on the other side with uh, positivity or happiness. And so I took a couple of very big risks and I changed my entire life uh, at the precipice of that. And I had to stop and stop the relationship, stop the job, stop everything and just reset, um, which, which can be very difficult. But I knew I had to do it. And so I took this risk. And it was the best thing that I'd done in my life because I was able to start fresh and um, find the things that fulfilled me. And at that point in my life, I learned that sometimes you have to take a risk to find that happy spot. Um, and as you kind of muddle and thrash around in that, in that risk-taking spot, you're going to go through different emotions and have ups and downs, but it's about finding those support systems that can help you get to the part where you're going to be happy because it, it, it's there. It exists. You just need to find it and you need to find the things that bring you there. So um, taking risks was something that was fairly new to me. Uh, previously, I had let happiness come to me. So where the ultimate fits into all of this is that I had taken a risk recently. I had left a company where I was very comfortable. Uh, I was very well-respected. People enjoyed having me there. It was a very difficult decision to leave. And I had started at a new company where I was still... I was not sure if I was completely happy. And... I didn't feel that element of moving forward or forward motion. And so I saw the Alt MBA as I was looking around online for different courses that I could take to improve myself and to see what else was out there. And I just, I looked at it and I said, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to take this risk and I want to see what this is all about. And I applied and I just took 20 minutes and wrote up the application and sent it in without thinking about it, not thinking about how I was going to pay for it uh, or you know, if it was something that I would regret later. I just did it and I took the risk of applying. And it was exactly what I needed at that moment. Because when I was accepted and I started it, immediately the people that I was working with were... I knew they were people just like me. And they were people who were on a very similar journey, even though we had different destinations. And seeing people on a very similar path validated the journey that I'm on to some degree because like, I should be trying these new things. I should be taking risks. I should be taking a very strong interest in the people around me and seeing where they are and who they are and what they're doing and where they're going to really understand them fully. That's been my experience with the Alt MBA so far. And it, it really was one of those things that it appeared when I needed it. <laughs> and it, uh, it helped push some things forward that I needed to do. And, and what were some of those, those things that it pushed you to do? One of those things was to return to the company that I was with previously. I didn't know it at the time. Because I thought I needed to break out of my what I perceived to be a comfort um, that I had left. I actually didn't see the continuing challenges in the company 
that I had been with. And so I made the decision to go back to the company I was with previously and to really attack some new challenges uh, with the support that I had in that in that area. Um, I have a couple of projects on the go that I haven't launched yet. Uh, the blog that you found really was something that I enjoyed doing. And so I've been working on a refresh uh, that I should have out soon. And really, I, I blog about things that range in all sorts of topics, about things that interest me. So that's that's coming soon as well. And I've been working in my my professional work. I've been working on um, really working with people about empathy and, and on the topic of empathy. And so from a work perspective, I think it's really important that people take the time to understand each other and to really see each other. And so I've been working on different ways that I can help people see each other better, um, both at work and in their personal lives. Because I think when we see each other more clearly, it just makes for a better world. Um, so that's that's something I'm working on right now as a work initiative. Well, I can't wait to see them when when they launch. To close, I have one question that I ask everyone that I talk to. One of the goals of this show is to help Alt-MBA alumni connect with one another. So how would you fill in the blank? Reach out if blank. Reach out if you resonate with anything that I've said so far today. Uh, I would love to meet more creative folks in Alt-MBA. And I know they're out there because I've met a few of them. I would love to talk about creative projects and where you're going with them and how they impact you. I'm also, within the people who know me, a very renowned listener. Uh, so I'm happy to listen if you're stuck. I've been stuck before. I've been stuck in a very big way. And sometimes all you need is someone to listen. Uh, so I'm, I'm one of those people who is there to listen with no judgment. And... I probably won't give you advice, but I'm happy to listen because sometimes that's what people need. So if you're stuck and you don't know what to do, feel free to reach out and I'll listen. That is such a powerful gift. Thank you for being a part of this community uh, and, and sharing them with us. We are we're truly lucky to have you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, uh, I really love what you're doing and I... I appreciate it a lot. I think it's really great work that you're doing. Thanks for listening. We'll have a new episode for you in two weeks. We're trying a few things with the podcast and would love to hear what you think. This episode is hosted by me, Covington Doan, and edited by William Flato. Check out the show notes for ways to contact Jen.